Welcome to episode 8 of the Movies of 1999, a podcast where we talk about a movie from 1999 each week as selected by Bingo Machine. My name is Jason Hutchins. My name is Craig Talbot. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Rushmore, followed by The Faculty. Craig, can you guess why these two movies were paired together? Oh, because they were set in a high school, Jason, possibly? That's right. They're both <laughs> high school movies. High school movies with a difference, I think. Yeah. Both high school movies in Texas, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they're both filmed in Texas. We've moved to Texas and we're staying there. Now, one of our listeners asked that I talk about why I selected each movie each week. And in this case, Rushmore was on my list, not because I saw it and not because I'm a Wes Anderson fan, because I'm not a Wes Anderson fan, but I selected Rushmore because it gets such good reviews. It's mm. got a really high rating. So, so it was selected for that reason. I thought we couldn't leave it out of the list just because I hadn't seen it. I must admit, I'm very surprised by the Rotten Tomatoes scores of 90% and 91% for Rushmore. It is very impressive. It's impressive. That's one way of putting it. But let me just read the synopsis very quickly before we go into talking about it. So Rushmore is a comedy drama directed by Wes Anderson revolving around the eccentric teenager Max Fisher, played by Jason Schwartzman, a scholarship student at the prestigious Rushmore Academy. Despite being one of the worst students academically, Max is the king of extracurricular activities, founding clubs at a whim and immersing himself in elaborate school plays. His world is turned upside down when he befriends the wealthy industrialist Herman Bloom, Bill Murray, and falls in love with a widowed elementary school teacher, Miss Cross, Olivia Williams. The film explores themes of friendship, ambition and love through the quirky and imaginative lens of Anderson's direction, showcasing a battle of wits and jealousy as Max and Herman vie for Miss Cross's affection, leading to a series of comedic and heartfelt misadventures that ultimately drive Max to grow up in his own unique way. So thanks, ChatGPT, for your synopsis once more. And Craig, what did you think of Rushmore? I didn't mind it as a movie. I found it quite an uncomfortable movie to watch because the context is very close to home for me. So, uh, uh, Being a teacher uh, yourself, you mean? Yeah, being a teacher myself. So I did find it, like, with 2023 sensibilities, a very, very uncomfortable movie to watch from that point of view because, you know, a lot of the, what happens in the movie is the antithesis of what an actual teacher would do mm. and how a student would behave. I mean, it's just something that, yeah, it felt uncomfortable to watch. I made that comment. I think on the movie night to a couple of the guys. It was a it's a decent enough movie. It, it, appara- it apparently mirrors Owen Wilson's life a bit, and I quite like Owen Wilson as a as an actor. So I didn't realise that he'd also written the screenplay for this, but he and Wes Anderson wrote the screenplay together. Mm. It's not a bad movie. It's a little obviously quirky and a bit different. Matt, the character of Max Fisher is pretty intense. Pretty uh, unlikable, really. I thought Max. Yeah. Yeah, he comes. He ends up coming across. Actually, to be honest, all of the characters come across as unlikable. Mm. We've mentioned that several times over the podcast. How there are characters in the movies that you end up not really liking very. I think we said the same thing about Holy Smoke in a a lot of ways last week. For that reason, again, I didn't really enjoy the movie as much as I might have. It was beautifully shot, directed, all of those things. But yeah, just didn't really like the characters. 
Yeah, I think in terms of the unlikable characters, that really is something that was more common back in the 90s. I think there are a lot of movies that were made where the protagonist was not necessarily a good person or a likable person. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. It seems to be coming up uh, more and more often. I mean, I've seen Jason Schwartzman in the uh, movie Darjeeling Tea, I think it's called. The Darjeeling the Limited, about... the other Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, the yeah, which the train. is the one about the train ride. Mm. And, and, and Owen Wilson is in that as well. Um, and I really liked that movie. I think I've watched that two or three times. It's just a, a movie which I would normally avoid because I don't really find high school movies uh, all that interesting anymore. I live that life. I don't need to right, watch right. it on film. Well, <laughs> what I found interesting, I guess, was that in the 80s you had all these John Hughes high school movies like The Breakfast Club, wasn't it, and Ferris Bueller and the, those style of movies. And I think these two movies that we watched are high school dramas, but they're really the 90s version of those. So they're doing things differently. So the director has a very particular style, rather than being as character-driven, I think, as those earlier movies from the 80s. I mean, having said um, that we didn't like the movie a great deal, it won 16 awards and it was nominated for another 16. Yeah. Uh, All minor awards, no no Oscars or anything like that. Uh, It was nominated for a Golden Globe and a whole bunch of minor awards, particularly Bill Murray's role and Jason Schwartzman's role. Was this a bit of a comeback movie for Bill Murray? Because I know that he's worked a lot with Wes Anderson and he went on to do Lost in Translation, the Sofia Coppola movie. Sofia Coppola, of course, being a relative of Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, Sofia Coppola actually put Jason Schwartzman up for the audition for the movie. For this movie, did uh, she? Yeah, yeah, she actually no. mentioned him as a, as a thing. I don't know that it's a comeback movie. I think it's a movie that Bill Murray read the screenplay, really, really liked it. He actually offered to do it for free, and I think in the end he was only paid $9,000 to do the movie. I wonder what uh, he saw in the screenplay that he loved so much. <laughs> well, I think he just really liked the character. Um, he actually paid for a couple of the different scenes, which were really expensive. There were some helicopter shots, mm, mm. which Disney turned around to them and said, no, you, you can't do that, it's too expensive. Murray actually paid for that to happen. He paid him $75,000. So he got paid $9,000 and put out $75,000. So it's pretty impressive. Probably, probably didn't make a profit in the end on that one. I, I guess the residuals on this might have been pretty good, though. I, apparently, I thought this one was quite an interesting little one. There's quite a lot of stuff about location, but one of the interesting things about Bill Murray is in the movie, he really dislikes his sons. The twins, and, well, I'm not sure if they're twins, but they're, they are actually unlikely, twins. They? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're twins in real life, mm. or at least they're brothers in real life. So Bill Murray genuinely found Keith McCauley and Ronnie McCauley quite annoying. Many of his scenes where he lashes out at them and insults them were actually improv. So he's just like, I can't stand you guys. They really did a good job at casting a couple of unlikable twin brothers. And this is our third movie with twins. There's a bit of a twin (laughs) thing going on. I think last week, Holy Spook, at the end, Harvey Keitel had twin children. Yeah, he had twins as well. That's right. And then in the straight story, there were the twins. Yeah, this is third third in a row. Actually, yeah. The Olsen twins, yeah. Yeah, twins are obviously much in demand in Hollywood. If you want to get work in Hollywood, just be a twin. It's a bit of a twin, Pete. Yeah, I I don't know what it is there, but yeah, maybe next week's movie there'll be twins as well. You never know. 
Wilson and Anderson wrote this story about their experiences of being in private schools in the United States. Had they, had so they gone both, to the same high school? Not the or? same school, no. but they both went to schools in te- uh, private schools in Texas. So Wilson was expelled from his school, St. Mark's School in Texas, and he also apparently had a similar kind of ambition to Max Fisher very much lacking academic motivation. And he also apparently had a crush on an older woman. It was filmed at St. John's School in Houston, Texas, which was actually Anderson and his brother's old school. Mm. Both of them had had those experiences. And that, that was one of the reasons they came together to do this movie, because they wanted to write about their private school experiences, which is fairly rare in the US. It's not a common thing to go to a private school in the US. Yeah, and, and it didn't really feel like this was a true-to-life retelling of experience in a private school. It, it is very exaggerated and, and very yes. over-the-top, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think they deliberately did that. They wanted it to be larger than life. Yeah, that's it. Like I read on Wikipedia that their intent was to create a heightened reality, almost like you were watching a Roald Dahl's children book. I only read that after we had seen the movie, and I think if I'd gone in knowing that, then I perhaps would have had an easier time watching it because I, I just okay. found myself getting bored and I, I didn't really connect with the movie because it was so mm. artificial the way that it was set up. Yes. Very hard to believe that it was telling a, a true-to-life story. It was very, very artificial and exaggerated. I must admit, I caught myself looking at my phone quite a bit in this movie, mm. which I haven't done on the other movie nights, but this one I did kind of get bored. Mm. Uh, also because I felt a bit uncomfortable, especially in the scenes where he's coming on to uh, Miss Cross. I stopped. I kind of didn't really enjoy that. Olivia Williams mm. is the character, uh, is the actor, of course. She's actually in another movie, famous movie from 1999. Oh, exactly. I won't say which one. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. And apparently, oh no, sorry. Apparently, the, this other movie was one of the biggest challenges as an actor, um, which we can talk about when we get around to watching that one. Well, hopefully, that one will come up soon. Mm. <laughs> we keep dancing around it quite a bit. Did you notice the pictures in Olivia Williams' bedroom, though, Miss Cross's bedroom? I didn't. So the pictures of her husband are actually pictures of Owen Wilson. Ah, so okay. he kind of does a cameo in the movie through through photographs. <laughs> well, his his two brothers are both in the movie, and yeah, his brothers are in the movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and one is the date that she brings with her to one yes. of the school plays. On the subject of cameos, Wes Anderson does actually have a cameo in the movie as well. Oh, really? So Amazing. he's the voice that appears in the film at the very beginning, and he's trying to solve the equation that ah. Max uh, solves in his dream sequence. Yeah, so that maths equation, Will was rather interested in that on the night, yes. I think, and wanted to know how to solve yes. it. I think ultimately it was just finding the area of an ellipse. It was a, like a very mundane problem. And I yeah, think that... I have a shirt that one of my students gave me, which has all maths equations on it. And funnily enough, that equation is on that shirt. I right, right. The week. So it's a, it is quite a common equation. Like I said before, the their intent was to create like a Roald Dahl's children book version of a, of a story and, and put that on the screen somehow. And I think mm. that's really the style that Wes Anderson has developed. This visual style that he has is very much like a storybook style. I don't know if you've seen the Henry Sugar uh, movie on Netflix. Um, it's probably worth watching as a follow-up to okay. this because that is a, a Roald Dahl book. Just the way in which it's shot visually is very much like reading a, a storybook or, or a picture yeah. book. Yeah, he does have a particular style. I guess it's similar to that. I guess it, it would. If, if Roald Dow was to write a, a movie about a private school, it probably would look a little bit yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and he has a thing with unlikable characters as well, Roald Dow. I yes, think a lot of definitely. his characters yeah. are quite unlikable. Yeah, so. they're, or, or a lot of the characters are very unpleasant. Mm. Yeah, kids love them because they're unpleasant, but yeah. 
So I think if I'd watched this movie knowing that, then maybe I would have appreciated it more. Wes Anderson obviously goes to a lot of trouble. There's that whole rapid fire sequence where it shows all the different clubs that he's yes. started. And there's maybe a dozen of them, like the Beekeepers yeah, Club montage. and the fin- like the montage. But setting up mm. each one of those little sequences would have taken quite a lot of time. Each sequence is only on the screen for a couple of seconds. So he really goes to a lot of painstaking effort to sort of set up these shots. But they don't have the payoff for me that... I think he's intended. Yeah. I think Wes Anderson, that's one of his stylistic mm, yeah, trademarks. So. Yeah, and, and uh, like really bold colours. And he's got a thing with symmetry as well. Like everything has to be symmetrical and balanced mm. on the left and right of the screen and stuff like that. Look, I think the movie was very well shot. The locations were very well done. Uh, it's interesting. There were reviews on IMDb, and I'm just looking at one here, and it says most underrated movie of the late '90s. Mm. Personally, it is in my top ten movies. I'm not quite sure who this person is. Yeah, it's interesting. It is some. It clearly is a movie that a lot of people really love. It's crazy, uh, isn't it? it there's nearly 90 people who agree with this review. Mm. Yeah. It's called a cult favourite. I think we've watched a few cult favourites uh, over the last few. few weeks. I think our next and movie might be a cult favourite as well. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, uh, one of the critics, Anthony Lane from The New Yorker, he said that Schwartzman's character is a cautious but stubbornly optimistic, while Murray is possessed of a near the mania of near despair, and together they make the best and most disconcerting odd couple that American movies have produced in a long right. while. And I, I didn't really think of them as an odd couple, but they were. They were an odd bit of an odd couple, mm. the pair of them both chasing uh, Miss Cross and, you know, the, the ridiculous fight that they get into, mm. you know, crushing the bike and then he's, you know, the destroying of things and all yeah. that kind of stuff that they go, both go, that goes on. It's just weird because you, you and I are on the same wavelength here. We didn't really enjoy this movie, maybe for different reasons, but it's, mm. it's just bemusing to me that the critical response was so overwhelmingly positive. Like it just resonated with so many people. I can't see it myself. If, no, no. You know, if I had gone through a lifetime of never seeing this movie, I don't <laughs> think I would have been terribly disappointed disappointed like it's not it's never going to be in my top 10 i think there's a couple of movies that we've watched so far certainly the iron giant and i i have to be honest i feel like i was pretty hard on a simple plan back on our first movie right, night. here we go and honestly now that we've seen quite a few more movies from 1999 simple plan is rising up the uh on its own, it's not an impressive movie, but when you compare it to a lot of this other stuff, mm, you know, mm. it's like, actually, it was a better put together movie, a, a better plot, yeah. more interesting story. It was actually a genuinely interesting story, That's that right. one. That's right. Whereas a lot of these, and, and the characters I believed in a lot more yep. in that movie, yep. whereas this this one... It was like, yeah, I don't believe this is not no, a fifteen-year-old no. boy. He doesn't. Not. This is not how a teacher behaves. This is. Mm. I mean, the principal. I have to be honest. The only character I liked in this movie genuinely was the principal. I just felt for him. Mm. That the resigned look on his face when he's dealing with Max Fisher. It's like you know he's actually quite kind to Max, and like he must have you know like lost a fair bit of hair, particularly in the scene where he's in the hospital and he's had a stroke, <laughs> and Max comes to visit him, and he's like. Yes. Well, he's almost in a coma, isn't he? And and Max's yeah, Max's yeah. presence is enough for him to, <laughs> to, to awaken him from his coma because he's got just got all this anger. Yeah, it's like yeah. Fisher Hart or whatever it was. What are you doing here? It's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not a great movie. So where ninety percent comes from, I'm 
Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, there, there weren't any really laugh out loud moments for me, though. I think the closest was the antics of the principal for me and a mm. bit of Bill Murray's. I think there's a driving scene. You know, like you can see the desperation in his eyes when his son's climbing right. into the car. Yes. All of that sort of stuff. He's done quite a few uh, movies with Wes Anderson, um, Bill Murray. So. Well, well, I, I don't think there's too much more to say about Rushmore, is there? I think for our uh, for our listeners, it's definitely probably worth a worth a watch because clearly our listeners may see more in it than we did. Mm, it mm. may just not be our kind of movie, I De- guess. Definitely, some some of our friends are big Wes Anderson fans, um, but right? Just yep. not something that gels with me at all. Um, I guess the other thing to say is that in the movie, there's a whole subplot involving the Jacques Cousteau book. Yes, and Wes Anderson must be a fan of the old. Jacques Cousteau because his Life Aquatic movie with Bill Murray is basically inspired by Jacques Cousteau as well. So there must be a thread there as well. I mean, like he was huge when I was a kid. Jacques Cousteau uh, documentaries were a massive thing when I was a child. So that's Rushmore and let's move on now to our B movie this week. And I should say that had I watched Rushmore back in the 90s, it would I would not have placed it on my A-list, I don't think. It's just not my sort of movie. And like I said yeah. at the beginning, that's not why it was on my A-list. Not, not that I'm trying to wash my hands of it. It's just not my kind of thing. But anyway, on to The Faculty. So The Faculty is a science fiction horror film directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by Kevin Williamson. The movie is set in Harrington High School in Ohio, but filmed in Texas, where the students discover that their teachers are being taken over by alien parasites. The story centres around a group of diverse students who, despite their differences, band together to fight off the alien invasion, threatening their school and potentially the entire world. As they delve deeper into the mystery, they must deal with not only the aliens masquerading as faculty members, but also the challenge of trusting each other. The film blends elements of teen drama with the horror and sci-fi genres, resulting in a suspenseful and entertaining exploration of themes such as identity, trust and survival. And Craig, this week you did not end up catching the faculty. Why was that? Well, to be honest, I looked at the trailers and I thought, because I, I had to pay to watch this one. This is a, I had to rent this one. Right. And so. I was like... I really don't want to spend the money on this one, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, I was being cheap. Look, having watched some of the clips subsequently and read about the movie, I actually probably did it a bit of a disservice, to be honest. Yeah. It was probably, yeah. And, in, and, and I think you made the comment on the movie night because we watched the trailer. Mm. It's interesting. This movie is actually a lot more successful than Rushmore. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of box office. I enjoyed it Not a lot term- more. <laughs> yeah. It's got a 58% score, I think. It, 58% mm. score on Tomato Meter and a 57% audience score. But it earned $63 million in the box office mm. Mm. and is still continuing to earn money. Yeah. Uh, it's got a great cult following. It's a, t- it's, um, a, it's a teen horror movie. And if you go in yeah. if you go in, in that mindset that it's, it's four teenagers, it's like schlock horror it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek then you can enjoy it and it's fun and what i really enjoyed about this movie as well was the diverse cast such a weird cast because yes there's there's piper laurie from twin peaks as one of the teachers so she was the the lady who ran the sawmill in twin peaks there's christopher mcdonald who was shooter mcgavin and yes i saw that he was in the iron giant there's robert patrick from terminator 2 who hadn't really been in much else there's john stewart from the daily show playing one of the teachers i mean my goodness john stewart then selma hayek who robert rodriguez had worked with in from dusk till dawn which was maybe a 97 movie then there's yes. then there's Usher, the recording artist, 
Frodo from Lord of the Rings, just a year or two <laughs> before he moved to Hobbiton, so Elijah Wood. There's Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News, which was a big website at the time. Now, he's been cancelled in the meantime. I know that he and Robert Rodriguez had a bit of a friendship going because he ran the Buttonumathon movie weekends at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Austin, I think it was. And I used to okay. read a lot of Ain't It Cool News back in the 90s and early 2000s. So he was invited on set and appeared in the movie. And there's one of the cast members of the, that 70s show as well who pops up and he's since been cancelled as well but like it's such a diverse mm. cast they're not people that you'd normally expect to see working in the same movie together yeah and, and that's to say nothing of josh hartnett mm. and jordana brewster and claire devial who have also all gone on to uh, other diverse things i think jordana brewster is very big in the fast and furious movies I haven't seen I'm them sure so. that was her next thing this is apparently one of her favourite movies, despite her success in uh, oh, right. The Fast and the Furious. Uh, Josh Hartnett's done quite a few different things, but he's pretty well known as well. He's well known for the, probably best known for uh, the World War II movie, Pearl Harbor. Mm. He's in that. What an interesting idea for a movie, because it's a high school movie in the style of The Breakfast Club, where you have these students that come together um, for various reasons. The teachers are infected with alien parasites. So the kids, mm. the kids have to battle the teachers. You know, the, the secret weapon ends up being the drugs that this guy is making in his basement that dehydrate the aliens. and, and Which apparently is just caffeine <laughs> in the end. So, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, I just wanted to go on a little rabbit hole with Elijah Wood, if I could. Oh, yeah, go down um, your Frodo rabbit hole. Go down my friend. Yeah. Well, there your go. hobbit hole. My hobbit hole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we both said that. Is so <laughs> Harry J. Knowles, who plays a part in the movie. I'm not quite sure which uh, one. He, he, he was in the so background. He, the overweight guy in the teacher's lounge with a bright red beard. That's Harry Knowles. Oh, yeah. right. He um, heard that Peter Jackson was making the Lord of the Rings movies while on the set of this mm. movie. And he then uh, went to Elijah Wood and said, look, mate, you've really got to go for this. Mm. You'd be perfect for this. Elijah Wood didn't want to do it because he'd heard that Peter Jackson was only hiring British actors right. for, the, for the Lord of the Rings. Anyway, Wood had a go anyway at the instigation of Knowles and he videotaped his edition and, you know, the rest is history. Mm. I mean, that's clearly Elijah Wood's biggest role. Yes. So it's interesting how you get these uh, connections between right. movies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Principal Drake gets her name, Jason, from the Drake Equation. Right. Which is used to es estimate how much intelligent life there is in the universe. No doubt Carl Sagan had a bit to do with that one. Mm. And there's a sign in the faculty lounge, and I don't know if you noticed this, Jace, but taped up next to the water bottles, it reads, the floggings will continue until morale <laughs> improves. Now, where's that a quote from? I've heard that before. Uh, I have heard that one too. Um, honestly, it is probably something you might see in a staff room, but uh, not anywhere. Is it Monty Python or something like that? It, it, it probably does come from that. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. It's, apparently it's attributed to Captain Bly. Oh, okay. From yes. the Bounty. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Who might have said a... it with a completely straight face, I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, in his case, it probably was a completely mm. straight face. Yes, he was a pretty nasty character by all accounts. So have you ever watched a movie called The Breakfast Club, Jess? Yes, yes. Classic. Yes. There was a lot of parallels drawn between this movie and The Breakfast Club. Mm. Mm. So the characters in The Breakfast Club is there's a princess character, Delilah. There's a jock who's Stan in that movie. 
a brain, an outcast, and a criminal, who's mm -hmm. the Zeke character, which yeah. we were talking about a minute ago. Yep. Apparently that was done deliberately because it's a big hint to, as to who the alien is because Mary Beth is the only one who, as a southerner, doesn't fit into the grouping. Yeah, well. she yeah. Has, she's sort of like the outcast. So, yeah, I, 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 I was bemused by the fact that John Stewart was in this movie. I'm I know. A huge he, he's so yeah. weird in this movie. It's so weird to see right. him. Yeah, I did young... watch a clip with him in it. Yeah, yeah very young. Very young. Because I... I I literally watch him regularly because yes. uh, he's just recently gone back onto The Daily Show. Yeah. Um, interesting that Salma Hayek's in a movie and yet she gets very low billing in this movie. She's gone on to be a much bigger star than most of the other people in yeah, this movie. Yeah, well, that was similar in From Dust Till Dawn, uh, Robert Rodriguez's previous movie. Um, yep. where she's in the movie but by no means a, a major character. But also our mate Harvey Keitel was in that movie, so our mate from yes. last week. Yeah. yeah. The parasite is called a mesozoan, Jason. I don't is know it? what that means. Yeah, yeah apparently. I, I don't remember them saying that, but they must have. Yeah, so the, the drugs that end up um, working to kill off the uh, the aliens in this in this movie are actually raw powdered caffeine. Yeah, it, it must dehydrate them because that's the whole point. The aliens need a lot of water. Yeah, I, I did watch one clip where they had the alien transitions into the water and then there's a whole scene with her in the water and the, the alien, um, which looked very, very good. So the special effects actually looked pretty good. Yeah, they, they were done with just the right amount of cheesiness, I think, because yeah. um, I think John Stewart, he's gets his fingers chopped off you know how classrooms have one of those guillotines for cutting papers? yes i saw that yeah, so they yeah, grab yeah, yeah. they grab the handle of that and use it like a sword and chop his fingers off and his, yeah. his fingers then become sentient and wander around chase, by themselves chase people, yeah um a bit we still like, have those yeah it was like a bit iron giant style you know they were trying to get back to the hand yeah <laughs> And then John Stewart gets stabbed in the eye with a pen that's filled with this drug. That's how they discover that the drugs kill the aliens. So, Apparently Marco Beltrami, who did the uh, music for this movie, this was considered a, quite a good piece of work. And he also did the music for another movie called The Halloween H20, I think it's called. Probably H2O. Yeah, sorry, actually, yeah. Um, so yeah, that makes it's, more it's sense, to be again. honest. It's the water again. Yeah, but, yeah, fair enough, yeah. But yeah, the first thing I noticed with the soundtrack was the movie opens with a cover version of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, another brick in the wall. And yep. and what, who was that done by? Was that Gr That's Phil Green Collins. Day? Oh, Phil Collins? <laughs> yeah, another brick in the wall. No, um, no. I'm pretty sure that's a Phil Collins. I'm going to get roasted by no, no, uh, no. friends if no, I'm another wrong, brick in the wall was Pink Floyd originally. Oh, sorry, Pink Floyd. Yeah, how, how Pink Floyd. dare you? I'm sorry, sorry. Oh God! <laughs> you're, I, you're, please don't put that in the podcast. Of, of course, I'll leave that in. You were thinking of the Tarzan soundtrack again. Oh no! I think we've had oh, enough Phil Collins for one year. Oh no! Yes, yes, we have. No, but it wasn't. Sorry, the, Pink Floyd. It wasn't yes. the Pink Floyd original. It was a cover version, and I think it was. It was, it was Green Day or or some other '90s band. That was on the soundtrack. Uh, Do you have that? Handy? Yeah, it was actually credited to the class of '99, mm -hmm. uh, which is a short-lived American alternative rock supergroup. Um, uh, it super has group. the vocalist from Alice in Chains and Tom Morell from Rage Against the Machine. Really, um, people from Jane's Addiction, Porno for Pyros, and Collective Soul. And they collaborated to produce Another Brick in the Wall and it was used as the soundtrack for Robert Rodriguez's film. 
this one. I don't think you, and could, you couldn't get any more 90s than that. That's crazy. Well, look, you're, you're talking about out of those people, there's probably three people in that group who I would consider, yeah, legends from that time. Mm, like I, mm. Alice in Chains, Jane's Addiction, uh, Rage, Rage Against, Against the Machine, the Machine yeah. were, were all bands that I listened to regularly back then. Yeah, so one of the interesting things about this is the actors from the movie actually had to appear in the video for this song. Oh, there's a music video? video, There's a music video released for this. It got to number 18 in the mainstream rock charts in 1999. Fancy that. I'm going to have to watch that music video. Yeah, I I haven't actually watched the video, but apparently it's got the actors. It was aiming at a very much a teenage audience. Definitely, Uh, definitely. Yeah. I think to that extent, they really do pull it off. It, it does hit all the right beats um, in terms of that style of movie. And I went into it knowing that. And I think I quite enjoyed it because I, I didn't take it. I didn't have to take it seriously. It was just all a bit of fun. Mm. Yeah. Usher is in, in it quite a bit, actually. In a lot of the clips that I mm. watch, Usher's mm. sort of standing there, you know, sticking his face into the glass to look at the alien, you know, when it's in the fish tank yes, and yes. John Stewart gets his hand bitten and whatever. John Stewart does that old trope that you get in all the horror movies where there's a weird alien creature and you've got to try and touch it. <laughs> it's the most unattractive looking thing yeah. in the universe when it's in the tank. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to reach in and touch That's it. Right. <laughs> and, then and then it splits it. into two. Mm. And then he does it again. And yes. you're like, why? Surprise, surprise, it bites uh, you and infects you with alien parasites, yeah. which turns you into a, a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually, uh, Professor Furlong, John Stewart, uh, talks to Nurse Harper, who also ends up being infected, who's Summer Hayek, as you know. Mm. And she's uh, he's trying to uh, chat her up mm. and she rebuffs him. And then he says, oh, maybe I should just go and put a pen in my eye, which is exactly what Zeke does later Ooh, in the Foreshadowing, movies. like a bit of foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Yeah, there you go. So, apparently it's one of those movies that if you, if you, know, if you were that age at the time, it sort of uh, yeah. resonates with you. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed it a lot more than our first movie. And speaking of um, the soundtrack, you didn't mention anything uh, with Rushmore. Was there anything there? So it has a lot of what they call British invasion music in it. The, yeah, the, so Wes Anderson must have been punk, a bit of a fan. Punk. Mark Mothersbaugh did the um, music for Rushmore, mm. and there's a few. There were a lot more songs apparently in the original script from right. that sort of punk rock era. In the end, only a couple of the songs survived. One thing I really noticed while we were watching it is the mix was really out of balance. Like the dialogue was quiet compared to the music. Yes. So when the music did yes. come on, it really blasted. Yes, I noticed that because your base, your subwoofer, which I get, I'm guessing you must have hidden away. Yes, your cabinet there was really working. I really noticed it for the first time in this movie. For the first time, out of all was, the movies yeah. that we've watched, it was so well, noticeable. just because it, yeah, because it was so noticeable mm. on its own. You know that, and the uh, office space as well. You got a bit of a work. Oh uh, yeah. Now. Well, we didn't yeah. know. We didn't mention Mike Judge's uh, love for hip hop, and yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he does that right into it. Completely out of place for that movie, but he he does. Make a joke about yeah, it. Yes, you yeah. know, at the beginning with the the one of the characters listening to it in his car, but yeah, it's a bit out of place. Anyway, it's an interesting one. So this one was another early 1999 movie. Actually, it was originally shown on Christmas Day in 1998. Yeah, yeah. So think... it struggled struggled a little bit, but it mustn't have made it to Australia until later in the year. Yeah, both of these movies, both Rushmore and The Faculty, are strictly 1998 movies. If you go on Internet Movie Database, they're listed as 1998 yes. movies, but it's the Australian release date that allowed me fair. to classify them as 1999 movies. It, it does fascinate me that the takings for faculty far outstrip Rushmore. Mm. And yet one has such high critic reviews. 
yeah. and the other not. It just goes to show that you can make a silly horror movie and people will just go and watch it. Well, you know? it's a formula and they went into it trying to make that exact kind of movie and they pulled it off. The one scene that I saw with a, with a head with legs running around. Yes. After, <laughs> there's a scene with... A, That's the principle. Uh, Zeke, Zeke is in the Zeke is in the um, in the car trying to get yes. rid of her, and she he ends up putting his seatbelt on, mm. and as she goes flying through the windscreen right. and gets her head chopped off, then the head tries to reach another Iron Giant yeah, kind of moment. The, the head guy tries to reach. That's quite a gory scene, actually. Yeah. Buses on fire, heads running around trying to get joined up again. Yeah, she the, lifts the up her head and, and puts it back on again. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, goodness. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Quite funny. But uh, yeah, it's it looks like it's probably. It's probably got more laughs in it than Rushmore, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think we would have enjoyed it more on the movie night, just a group of people yeah. just having fun and laughing along with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of those silly fun movies, isn't it? Exactly. So, so you've just got yeah. to take it for what it is, enjoy it for what it is, yeah. Whereas Rushmore was trying to be something else that I just didn't click with. Yeah, I just didn't get it. Yeah, I don't think it quite made it. I mean, some critics gave it quite a high review, actually. Mm. So, like, Owen Gleberman from Entertainment Weekly... Some of this is fun in a low-grade Hellraiser sort of way, but it reduces the script's mildest ambitions to hamburger. In the faculty, it's Kevin Williamson's talent that turns it into a pot of itself. Mm. Um, okay, now that I've read that, I don't really know what he means. No, no, but that makes no sense. Another one, a little bit better, Time Out magazine, Nigel Floyd. This smart, involving sci-fi picture set in an Ohio high school, filmed in Texas, mm. pays homage to several genre faves, notably the invasion of the body snatchers and the thing. Yeah. And I think this movie definitely calls out to those To those two older, movies, for sure. Yeah, these older horror movies, and, yeah. And I think that's probably how Robert Rodriguez pitched the movie. You know, take the breakfast club and mix it up with the thing <laughs> the and there you go. Yeah. yeah 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 look i'll have to give it a i'll have to give it a watch mm. at some point well horror gets yeah, a bit it's... of a resurgence in 1999 and there's a couple of other movies yeah. that yeah are coming up on our lists that sort of well, started there's that one in particular that, yeah yeah there's definitely one isn't there so mm. uh it was a rare case of both movies that we watched this week not really being on my radar at all. In, right. in previous weeks, at least one of the movies I, I was a fan of going yes, going into yes. it. So it was a weird week. I'm glad we still managed to find things to talk about. Did these movies get reviewed by the venerable David and Margaret? I suppose Rushmore would have. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think the faculty did, but Rushmore definitely did, and we'll be hearing right. their opinion yes, from them in, 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 in a the, moment. Yep. in a moment. But uh, let's just say they did not agree with one another. I am a bit scared by the fact that I find myself often agreeing with David, right, retrospectively. So <laughs> he's more of a critic, isn't he? So yeah, whereas Margaret yeah. is probably more of your everyday uh, movie watcher. Um, so I think, I think she's she she's more willing to give movies a, a fair go because she knows the people who were in them and involved with them and things right. like that. I certainly get a feeling think, yeah. with, with the Australian movies that they review, then that sort of notches them up by half a star or or something. Yeah, they they definitely they're definitely influ- I mean, they would have met a lot of these people because mm, they mm. you know they used to travel to the the festivals and all that's that. Right, kind of thing, that's right. That's so, right. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. So shall we wrap things up there? Yes, let's leave it there. Well, let's cross now live to this week's movie night for the rolling of the bingo ball, and we'll find out which two movies we'll be talking about this time next week. So let's go there night live. Over to you, future Jason. Well, we're here live, and we've got Will calling in. It's Will in the present. Are you there, Will? I'm going to be It's all a poor connection. Are you with Judai? 
Numbers out. It's, it's number Sorry, 44. Number 44. 44. So you won't believe this because we've had three movies with twins in, oh, you're joking. in a row. And this movie is Twin Falls, Idaho. Twin Falls, Idaho. Well, Twin Falls, Idaho. Did you leave heaven? However many films you may have seen, when did you, leave you probably haven't seen anything like Twin Falls, Idaho. Janet Maslin, New York Times. Twin Falls, Idaho. Anyway, um, what has Twin Falls, Idaho been paired with, you ask? It's been it's been paired with pushing tin. God forbid you make the wrong decision. Because you know what? They're never wrong. Well, you know, they can't afford to be wrong. There's our Connie always sticking up for her husband. Condo line six two heavy turn left heading one four zero. In the ultimate high pressure job. Making four thousand expect to follow the traffic. Nick Falzone was in control of everyone's life. Welcome to my sky. But his own. You okay? Yeah, I just got you know, work stuff. Do you want to talk about it? We just did. Can I have your attention, please? This is the new man. This is uh, Russell Bell. I got a buddy in Denver who told me that this guy was like the best controller he ever seen. He's sort of um interesting. I also heard he's kind of crazy. He let a 747 fly right over his head. <laughs> this is funny stuff. I say the guy's a loose cannon. Takes one to know one, Nicky. He brings it in steep and tight. He pushes tin. What's your problem with him? I don't like what he said about you. What did he say? He said you were attractive. That's Russell's wife. The hell is she doing with Russell? Hello? Hey! If you ever want to sleep at night, don't marry a beautiful woman. He's got French tapes he's going to loan me. <laughs> Au revoir. 451, turn left heading 060, expedite. I must be losing my mind. I can't work. I can't. What exactly is it you think I did? I'm personally going to see to it that you go down in flames. Oh, you kiss my Repeat that control. Negative, United. That was not to you. Not to you. From the director of Four Weddings and a Funeral, John Cusack. Academy Award winner, Billy Bob Thornton. Academy Award nominee, Kate Blanchett. Golden Globe winner, Angelina Jolie. Fox 2000 Pictures and Regency Enterprises present. Are there people who find you charming? Well, they pretend because I try so hard. A story of life, love, marriage, 
You live with a nut job. You become a nut job. My husband is not a nut job. And other things beyond our control. <laughs> okay, you want your life back? You have to let go. Let go. Let go of what? Pushing tin. Just don't be afraid. Grazie, prego, Dankeschön. We're here all week. Thank you. And thanks very much for that. So they, they, they are the two movies we'll be watching and talking about Excellent. on next week's episode. And maybe there'll be twins in them. Maybe they'll be horror. <laughs> will knows? they be in Texas, Jason? Will, will, they, will be they be in Texas? Yeah. Or in Wisconsin? We're, like, we're, that's our two choices. Well, we're, <laughs> we're bouncing around the United States now. We might even bounce out of the United <laughs> States. You never know. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. We might, we might bounce out of Maine or Texas or Wisconsin or all the different places we've been. Like, it's, it's really interesting, actually, that we keep ending up in places is like Texas and Wisconsin, given that the centre of the movie-making world is on the West Coast. Mm, mm. And yet we we've, we spend a lot of time on that other side of the country. I know, so. I know. It just shows you random numbers. Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. What number will it be this week? I'm sure I'm sure Will, who if I don't call him out in the podcast, will be disappointed. We'll we'll have some very de- definite thoughts on what number it's going to be mm, next. Yeah, well, he, he likes to play the percentages. He's a numbers <laughs> man, so we'll be placing our yeah. bets. Alrighty, so until this time next week, and we, we'll leave the final word to Margaret and David. But for now, that's goodbye from me. Goodbye, everyone. Well, now let's meet the school student most likely to succeed despite his grades, Max Fisher of Rushmore. There's a little bit of the graduate in there, but not enough to make me like Max, as played by Jason Schwartzman, another nephew of Francis Coppola's. There's a little bit of the nerd revenge thing, but then Max was never really a nerd. He's one of the future rulers of the world, and there's a worry. He wants to build an aquarium because he wants to impress her. And I didn't laugh once, David. I laughed a lot. I, I really liked this. I thought it was one of the most original college films that I've seen. I thought I'd seen it so many times No, before. not like this. Not like this. I yeah, well, I've... no, more entertainingly than this, actually. Oh, look, I think this is tremendously entertaining. Oh, David, I mean, I, I, I wish I could get onto the wavelength of this film, but it really left me cold. So I'm giving this two stars. Well, I liked it a lot. I'm giving it four.